Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We're your host, Tim and Julie Harris, and we actually have a new contributor to The Daily Show, Gina Masters. And Gina, as some of you guys know, is the producer of the show, and she's also in charge of all the articles on our website, Tim and Julie Harris. So what we're going to have Gina do every day um, is she's going to let us know what the top-read stories are on the blog and maybe give you guys a little motivation and incentive to go over there and read the articles yourself. So Julie and Gina, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's great Thanks, to have Gina Tim. on, too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, and by the way, listeners, the topic of today's show is the top ten reasons you didn't get the listing and secrets to getting it signed. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the reasons why you may not have taken that listing, um, and we're going to give you the, the, the problem. We're going to give you the fix. So this is another one of our fun calls. And as always, our calls are our radio shows rather are designed specifically to get you guys into the mindset of taking action. So these are going to be very practical, tactical things, not a lot of mindset stuff. We focus on the stuff that's actually going to put you into action, help you uh, to help others, and obviously make you money. So Gina, let's talk. What are the top maybe two or three red stories over on TimAndJulieHarris.com, the, the stories the agents are really, really, uh, you know, vibing with. Okay, Tim. Well, first of all, I think the top story from just a few days ago, we put this on, I want to say, either Thursday or, yeah, a Thursday evening. There was a late-breaking story. Will the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, put an end to Zillow's premier agent program? Super hot topic. Yeah, that was. And, you know, everyone, you guys need to listen to that. We talk about all the time about the, really, the, you know, as someone else said, the bubble, the buying leads bubble coming to an end. Well, you know, maybe it is faster than we think because it seems that the program, um, and, and I don't want, I mean, Gina, your uh, writers wrote this article, and I don't want to get the facts wrong, but it would seem that the program where the brokers and agents share the cost of the lead, that may be in question as far as the legality. I guess it's some Section 8 of some specific yes. mortgage clause or something or another. Yeah. So well, pay attention to, to that. RESPA, right. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, it's funny, Gina, I was talking, I, I, you've been, you were in real estate for a long time before uh, you started working with us, and I wasn't surprised at all that people were questioning, you know, the fact that that dead, it always has felt like a RESPA violation, hasn't it? I mean, when they start, when that came out, I was, I, when Zillow started doing that, I was always, I thought to myself, and I know a lot of you guys did the same, hey, isn't there supposed to be a very clear line of delineation and there's not supposed to be any money passing in between the brokers i'm sorry the mortgage guys and the real estate guys and all this other stuff and and i and i talk with some of my top producing personal coaching clients about this and they're like duh it's illegal i mean does that surprise you (laughs) gina when you're writing when you guys were when you're researching the article well, you know, on the surface, it seems like a really great idea. It's just like, yeah, why wouldn't you want to pair up with your preferred lender? And this all makes sense. And the thing is, offline, 
that kind of thing makes tons of sense. We do it all the time. You know, we take each other to lunch. We, you know, we do all these, you know, kind of like coming together type events. You know, um, mortgage lenders will often participate in, you know, open houses. They'll provide flyers for you. They'll come in and, and offer to sit with you. Um, to enhance your open house experience. So we do these things, but then when you bring it online with Zillow Premier Agent Program, you start to read into how it works and and how, like you said, the money starts changing hands in terms of them paying for your stuff. And then it's like, wow, it really does seem like a violation, doesn't it? It so does. Something I mean, it's like that, the very thing they told, yeah. It's the very thing they told us never to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. so cool. So readers, go over to timandjulieharris.com. I know a lot of you listen to us on iTunes. All right, so what would be the second most read, talked about, focused on story on timandjulieharris.com? Oh, goodness. Let's see. We've had some really great ones this past week. Um, we always do really great with um, the uh, celebrity articles. You know, that's that's always a, a fun thing, checking out what people are doing. We've got another really good one coming up. Um, but let me see here. Um, <clears throat> perfect. Ooh. Lead generation, how to create your perfect prospecting environment. You guys talked about that one not too long ago. That one's yeah, great. Yeah, that one had a ton of comments. I know. People love that. Tons of comments. That always does really well because, you know, we can't really do great lead generation without a great environment. So, guys, here's you the know. bottom line. Make sure you're reading the articles on timandjulieharris.com. I know a lot of you listen to our radio show every day, and I certainly appreciate that. But we've got so much more stuff for you guys. Just hop on over to the website and make sure um, you read everything. So, Gina, we'll have you on tomorrow. Let us know what the top read yes. stories were for today, Absolutely. tomorrow, and we'll talk with you tomorrow. And um, so, Julie, uh, any spe uh, specific shout-outs or any uh, folks you'd like to re uh, recognize before we get to today's topic? Uh, well, we have a client that has a brand-new baby. Tracy Hines has a baby girl, oh. Clover Jane, that was just born. So congratulations to her and her family. Uh, that's always exciting news. And then uh, in other news, uh, our longtime listener and uh, coaching client, Glenn Doki who's in Cary, North Carolina, had a great photo and said, following the coaching from last week, he was doing pre-open house door-knocking flyer with a raffle for a Starbucks gift card, and he shows that people are actually filling that out, putting it into the fishbowl, and it was a really great open house over the weekend. Cool. So nice job taking action, and congratulations on the new baby for Tracy. So, And then on to, so you didn't get the listing, why not? Topic du jour. Yeah, right. So, it's, you know, Julie, this is a fun topic because – uh, it really gets to the heart of it, right? So let, here, here's the situation. A lot of you guys are seasoned real estate professionals going on listings at this point in your career. You're using our system. It's very easy for you. It's almost like it's on autopilot when you're there, and you get the listing nine times out of ten. But occasionally, there'll be the listing you don't get, right? And occasionally, one will, you know, what the heck? I thought I was vibing with that client. Everything was going in the right direction, and they ended up listing with somebody else. And you don't call to find out why they listed with somebody else. You don't actually try to 
hear from the horse's mouth why they chose somebody else. Now, the flip side to it, the other end of the spectrum, you're brand new, you just got your real estate license, and you went on this appointment and you grabbed, you know, you don't have a, you know, any sort of system, you didn't use a pre-listing pack, you didn't use Jack, you just showed up and you kind of just firehosed them with a bunch of different stuff. Some of you got from your broker, some of you found on some private Facebook group, just all this stuff, and you just throw it at the seller, and even then you're surprised when you don't get the listing. Do you call and you find out why? Here's the little thing, guys. Unless you're willing to put yourself into the breach and find out why they chose to list with somebody else, you're never going to improve. Oftentimes, I'll give you guys – this is a, an absolute true thing that happened to me. And it only happened once, to my credit, okay? Because a smart man learns from his mistakes. A brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. I want all of you guys to be the brilliant man, not the smart man. I was merely the smart man. Now it's your opportunity to be the brilliant man. I'll never forget this because, like I said, it only happened once. Went on a listing appointment, everything. Now, this was like you know 20 years ago, but still, still relevant. So went on a listing appointment, everything was awesome. Just thought everybody was going to be you know, jumping for joy. You know, they wanted to, the, uh, they wanted to have like some extra time to review the contract. They signed all the paperwork. Uh, I left it with them. They said they'd call me in the morning and I could swing by and pick it up. You know, we were even talking about pictures and open houses and the whole thing. Then they end up listing with somebody else. And then I call, them up, I call them up and I say, well, why did you end up listing with somebody else? And guess what their answer was? It was simply because the other agent – here it is, guys. Are you ready for it? They said, ask for the business. They simply said that this other gal, despite the fact I got the paperwork filled out, the other gal simply said, can I have the listing? <laughs> That's it. That was the only Simple. difference. She she asked for the she her clothes and she this was a new agent too by the way she had no fancy clothes she had no fancy scripts she had no fancy pre-listing pack by simply asking for the business where maybe in these eyes of these sellers I came off as too assumptive which was entirely possible right by asking for the business may I please can we move forward will you list the property with me by simply saying that they chose her because they sensed that she was more urgent excited motivated than I was to list the property. That was their perception. Now, who, who knows if it was right or wrong, but it doesn't matter. It was what the sellers thought, and they chose to list it with somebody else other than me. So remember, and it, guys, guess what? I changed my approach after that. I always asked for the business. I would always ask for the listing. I'd always just basically move the conversation forward. I stopped making it so it was going to be an assumptive close. I, stopped, I started asking specifically for them to sign the paperwork so we can get started in the process of selling the, uh, the house. I changed what I said, and that's now become a permanent part of the scripts that we teach you guys as far as the listing process. Don't make the same mistake I did. Don't make the mistake of not asking, by the way, if you don't get a listing while you didn't get the listing because it will really open your eyes to all the ways that sellers actually think. And some of the little things, if they're being honest with you, they won't always be, obviously, but some of the little reasons that they'll list with somebody else over you will be some of the most important lessons you'll ever get in real estate. Now, I'm going to caution you. Don't assume and don't give yourself a hall pass when you don't take a listing, and this is what virtually every agent does. They'll say, oh, the other agent must have had some sort of personal connection with the seller. Maybe they knew him from church or maybe they're whatever, neighbors, or they, uh, the agent that they hired uh, must have told them to hire a price. So the agent that they hired, you guys start making up these excuses so you can rationalize your failure. Look, I get it that you, a lot of you think that everyone's a winner and everyone da 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 You know, you have these philosophies of life, but they don't apply to business because in business, there's only one winner and there's only one loser. There's only one person gets the contract signed. Everybody else didn't, so they lost. 
And if you're competing with that for that listing and they choose somebody else, the other person was better than you in the eyes of that seller. Improve. Find out why. And so that's what we're going to be doing on today and probably tomorrow's radio show. So, Julia, I'm going to toss it back to you. You can just yes. jump right in. Yes. You got it. And, you know, what popped to mind when you were talking about that is the concept we share with them on the podcast often of extreme ownership. It's your fault. You didn't get the listing. It is your fault. Let's just say we're going to assume on today's and tomorrow's podcast that you're going to own it for some reason. It's your fault. Even if, their, if it was their best buddy from golfing, why wasn't it you as the best buddy of golfing? That just means you have to expand your center of influence so next time it will be your relationship that won. So you didn't get the listing. Why not? We're going to examine that. Here's a fact. Of all activities in real estate, listings do require the highest skill level. That's why we spend so much time on it in both coaching and on the podcast. The myth is that it's okay and, you know, you can expect to list 50% of what you go on. How many of you guys have heard that? I wish people would stop training you that way. Uh, in terms of listing appointments versus listings taken. Now, you wouldn't accept a grade of 50% from your kids. They'd never proceed to the next grade, would they? So why do you think it's acceptable for you? Let's take a look at the top 10 reasons that agents don't walk away with assigned paperwork on a listing appointment. Another fact, listing agents make more money and have more solid businesses and free time than buyer's agents. So the more listings you have, the more security you'll have mentally, emotionally, and financially. So if you're somebody who's been struggling becoming a listing agent, these next podcasts are for you because this is going to remove some of those issues you may be coming across. And then you can, you know, like Tim shared one at the top of the call, if we didn't get one because you didn't ask for the business. So write down in your notes from today's podcast, always ask for the business. Simple fact. Okay, next, becoming a successful listing agent is the most challenging, most skill-based, highest paid part of your job. Not becoming great at this is actually a liability to your career. Make the commitment to learn the most important part of your job as a real estate professional. We can't emphasize this enough. So, Julie, let's hover there for a second. But let's yeah. let, listen. Let's sure. hover there because that's really a critical, really, really critical point. I want to give you guys all permission to only have to really master one skill in real estate. That's it. I'm going to give you, I'm going to absolutely positively tell you it's okay to only be really good at one thing. Okay? Right? I'm totally, completely, totally blowing all your minds because so many people have been telling you you have to, you know, be good at 20 things. Nope. I'm going to tell you you only need to be good at this one thing. It's being a listing agent, and here's why. Because if you never learn to work with buyers, if you're the worst transaction coordinator ever, if you, you know, all the other things, all other aspects of your business are just complete and train, uh, complete train wreck, or maybe you never even bother trying. But you're really freaking good at listing properties. You will be wildly successful and have an incredibly profitable business. The reason that we want you guys focusing on being listing agents is comes down to, and I'm not going to get deep dive into this, but just remember what I'm telling you because it'll for a lot of you it's going to be an epiphany. You can stop struggling with trying to build your team. You can stop struggling with your website. You can stop struggling with your CRM, your drip email campaigns, trying to hire the perfect TC, trying to hire the perfect this and do all these other things that along the way in the past 20 years have become very trendy to talk about. You can literally suck at all those things. Just be good at being a listing agent. Math. If now, I know in some markets you guys are going to say this is a stretch, but you're just going to have to open your mind to get the concept. 
Some of you guys have 100 listings now. I have coaching clients that have 50, 60, 75 listings and have 50, 60, 75 listings at all times. When Julie and I sold real estate, we always had to have high double digits of listings at all times to hit our magic number every month. And the magic number is simply the number of listings that you need at all times that will equate to a certain income that is your income goal. Here it is. If you're in a marketplace where the average commission, let's say, is only $6,000, and I say only because we have coaching clients who have average commissions of forty and 50000 right? So, But let's say you're in a marketplace that only has an average commission of uh, $6,000, and your goal is to earn, let's say, $20,000 or $18,000 a month. The question is, is how many listings would you need at all times, assuming that they're a price right, good condition, good location, so they're good sellable listings? In most markets today, how many listings would you need at all times in order to have three sell almost automatically per month? The number is about six. So in most markets in the country right now, if you had six listings at all times, out of the MLS, automatically, with you never showing a house to a buyer, with you just focusing on basically getting those listings sold, doing the very core level activities that we teach you, you know, you're going to have to learn to lead generate, you're going to have to learn to prospect, you're going to have to learn to present, you're going to have to learn to negotiate and close. You do those things. You master just that side of the whole real estate equation, focusing on being a listing agent. Have six listings at all times, or maybe it's 10 in your market, or maybe it's five, a real estate, uh, the premier coaching client. You want to go to the website, go to Harris Learning, pull up my magic number formula, and you can go about figuring it out yourself. You know, again, some markets, in order to hit a certain income goal, you need to have 20 or 30 listings. In other markets, you maybe only need to have three. So you need to know what your number is. The number is based on the average days in the market, the absorption rate for the marketplace, the average commission you're going to get per transaction, and obviously the amount of money uh, that you want to make every month. But again, back to my example, if you had six listings at all times, um, you would have three in most markets that would sell automatically just out of the MLS. Sometimes in some markets it would be four. Sometimes it might be six. Sometimes it might be one. But on average, you'd have half sell per month, and that would give you a consistent income of $18,000 just focusing on listings. The work part of this comes in getting to maintaining the number of listings that you need at all times to accomplish your monthly income goal. Again, if you have a market where, you know, roughly it's a good seller's market and you're going to have six and three are going to sell, getting to six listings at all times is a heck of a lot easier than if you're selling in a market like where Julie and I sold, where you need 30 to 50 listings at all times to have a certain number sold to hit a certain income goal every month. You guys following me on this? If you just focus on how to prospect sellers, how to set appointments with sellers, how to pre-qualify sellers, how to present to sellers, how to you know, price homes, how to negotiate contracts. You can delegate everything else. It really is a, a secondary concerns of yours. Focus on being a powerful listing agent, guys, and I promise you everything else will fall into place. Because from, begin, from being a listing agent, you don't have to worry about the lack of inventory. You don't have to worry about buyers. You don't have to worry about buying buyer leads. You don't have to worry about building your team. You don't have to worry about all this other crap if you just focus on becoming a powerful listing agent. Brokers and office managers, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I know a lot of you guys have only been in the business for the past 10 years. And most of your agents have only been in the business for the past 10 years. So they've been raised on a steady diet of buying buyer leads and buying buyers and buyer blah, 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 all this other stuff. 
What if you could have an office full of agents who are just focused on taking listings? How much better of a brokerage would you have? How much more? Cons- how much better would the agents' mindsets be? How much better would your retention be? Because everybody would be making more money consistently. You would have for sale signs everywhere. You'd have essentially agents that were more professional that were showing up that were focusing on you know listing homes. In that world, guys. That is a better world than what we're experiencing now. So many of these agents and brokerages out there where they're just, you know, look, guys, the bottom line is your best energies every single day. If you're truly sincere about helping others and making a ton of money in this business, your best energies every day should be focused on becoming a powerful listing agent. Part of becoming a powerful listing agent is being willing to learn from the failures along the way. And so, that's what this point – the point of asking. The point, so the top ten reasons agents uh, don't walk away at the listings, uh, the paperwork sign, point number one, Julie. All right, so why didn't you get it? Well, number one, you assumed that it was yours and you were lazy in your presentation. We used to take listings from other agents because the sellers said – quote, they just came in and acted all assumptive. We didn't like that. They never asked anything about us, right? It happens. Go ahead. But that's the, re- that's the reason I gave you guys the example on the top of the show, right? I acted assumptive. I only made that mistake once. I didn't ask them to get the contract signed. I didn't ask the seller to move forward with us. So Julie's point one, we learned that point from actually selling real estate, <laughs> from making that hey, mistake. Serious. So please, guys, don't make that mistake. Make some new ones, but don't make that one. That right. one is off limits. When you go to a listing appointment, you have to ask the seller to move forward with you and get the paperwork out of the way so you can get the process started. Or Use our scripts that are part of the Premier Coaching Program. Point number two, Julie. Okay, so uh, let me just hover there just for a second because that manifests in a lot of different ways. If you show up late, that's assumptive that it doesn't matter. You didn't give a real presentation. That's an issue for some people is that they thought they were going there to just do the paperwork. The seller actually wanted and needed a presentation. Maybe it was a lack of pre-qualifying questions or simply not being that careful with price. Okay. So other things that don't look like you're being assumptive, like rescheduling, not looking or sounding your best, all that kind of stuff, little tiny mistakes, all very assumptive, so don't do it. Point number two, you didn't know that you were competing for the listing. This is a result of not using a pre-qualification script. If you don't know whether you're competing or not, you're at a disadvantage. You should almost always go last in the lineup because it is the closing position. So, Tim, oftentimes agents will say, well, I just I don't want to know if I'm competing. It'll freak me out. You know, so, I mean, that's a lack of skill issue, I think, because that means you freak well, out if you're under the gun and you have to compete. That's a skill issue. Go ahead. Well, sometimes they'll call, they'll find out exactly. They're afraid to ask questions. They'll basically make it so that they're nervous, right? But if you guys know you're competing, Julie just gave you something that anyone who's been in the business for a long time knows. Always try to be last. Now, you might set your appointment and then find out that they're actually planning on interviewing other agents. I want you to give your take control of the situation and just ask. Say, listen, I want you to interview those other agents before you talk to me. Yes, guys, I mean you were rescheduling your appointment on them because it's really important that before we meet, you know essentially what the competitors are offering, what the other agents are going to tell you. That way when we sit down, you'll be ready to make a decision. Now, you might be in a situation where they won't reschedule on you, so you need to do something else that's equally as persuasive. Mr. Seller, listen, I really appreciate the fact you're interviewing other agents. It might be the best thing for you, but promise me one thing. Do not list the house with anybody else 
before we've had an opportunity to talk. Now, you can use this if you've basically already got the appointment and they won't uh, move it with you, or you can use it if you're last and you know that you're they're maybe talking with two or three other agents before you. Mr. Seller, promise me that you're not going to list with anybody else before we've had an opportunity to talk. I'm going to send over my pre-listing pack. And the pre-listing pack, Mr. Seller, is what we call the complete or the seller survival guide. That's 10 questions that you need to ask when you're interviewing any other agent. So pull that out of the pre-listing pack. Please review my pre-listing pack and use the questionnaire when you're interviewing other agents. And you'll notice, Mr. Seller, I've actually answered the questions myself on that same form. It's really important that you understand the differences of what I offer versus everybody else. So can I have your word that you won't list it with anybody else before, uh, you know, until we have an opportunity, obviously, to meet? And they'll say yes. And then there you go. So you guys have to be aggressive about it. In life, in business, there's one winner, there's one loser. And if you want the sale, if you're not listing it from your favorite aunt, Emma, or your sister, or your friend from high school, in other words, it's not a center of influence listing, you have to remember that it's competition that one person's going to win, one person's going to lose. You have to get good at your sales skills. Guys, all of this is just reading scripts, just saying what, you, what we ask you to say, how we ask you to say it, when we ask you to say it. It's not complicated, but it does require skill. Next point, Julie. All right, the next point is number three. You didn't know what price the seller had in mind before you showed up. This is one of the biggest pitfalls that agents fall into. It doesn't mean that the seller is right about their price, but you should know what's going on in their pricing brain before you present your CMA. Sometimes sellers know about private sales, especially these days, right, that may affect mm -hmm. pricing. They may be a short sale, a relocation, or who knows, it could have been probate. Not every listing is in the MLS, guys. So if you don't ask, you're at a huge disadvantage. Here's the secret. Do not ever let the seller know more about the comps and stats than you do, okay? That, that makes you come off less professional. The seller should not know more than you do regarding pricing. Now, agents will say, I found out, they'll always blame the seller about this, right? So I used the pre-qualification. I asked what price they had in mind like I'm supposed to. And, man, they're 25000 over what I was thinking. That doesn't necessarily mean that you should be canceling your appointment or writing that deal off. I always say this. Overpricing from a seller, remember, they're not you, they're not an appraiser, they haven't done a million CMAs like you have. It's either out of arrogance or ignorance. Arrogance is I have to have my price in order to move, and even then their price might actually be okay, especially in today's market where you've got competitive bidding going on, or it's out of ignorance. Well, my house ought to go for 25000 more because it's a lot nicer than my neighbor's house who just sold for that price. Well, they don't know that it matters that their house is smaller. It matters that they've got one less bedroom. It matters that they don't have the great view. It matters they don't have a walkout lower level. That's ignorance. They're not supposed to know how to price a house. But you can respond by saying, that's interesting. How did you arrive at that price? Well, I have an appraisal from five years ago. Okay. Or my friend came in and just guesstimated because, you know, they sell houses now and then. Find out what the reason is. It doesn't mean that you have to take their price. It just needs, you need to know where they're at in their mind, especially regarding motivation, okay? Oftentimes, some expireds, we're hearing this a lot. Expireds will say, I know I was overpriced because I was building new construction and I didn't want to make myself homeless, okay? So that well, was so a Julie, reason for what, overpricing. How did you arrive at the price? But go ahead. Okay, so two, so two points. First of all, what matters most when you're working with a seller is, as Julie said about a million times there, motivation. So know what their motivation is. Use our scripts to pull out their motivation. The other thing is, as Julie also said, is don't 
be talking yourself out of a listing just because the seller thinks the house is worth more than what your CMA tells you. They will have inside information that sometimes you don't have. Again, use our scripts. One of the lines we want you to use when you're pre-qualifying the seller, when you're calling the seller up to confirm the appointment is, Mr. Seller, listen, I'm going to be spending a few hours working on your CMA, which is basically like a real estate agent's version of an appraisal. Out of curiosity, have you seen any properties that have sold in the last 90 days that you thought were similar to yours? Now, I'm going to have information on all those properties, but maybe you went through them during Christmas party, or maybe you went through them when they were for sale last time, or whatever, and you might have opinions of value that would help me to pull out the best comps for your house and working on your value. Every single seller on the face of the earth will have an opinion of what their house is worth. Every single seller on the face of the earth will know what's sold recently or what is for sale, and they will then tell you what they think the comps will be. In doing so, they're also going to tell you what they think the house is worth. Are you guys with me? So the whole throwdown of who's going to be right about price and all the other sort of drama things that you guys live in fear of, if you follow our system and use our scripts, you're going to make it so you don't have those pressures. And I'm going to give you permission. I'm going to say it in front of 100,000 people right now. It is okay if you have to overprice a listing to overprice the listing. Don't try to make the seller wrong. You just need to do it ethically. You need to tell the seller. Let's say the seller has talked with three other agents, and those other agents have told the seller that the house is worth X where you think it's worth Y, right? And but usually these are not huge swings, but they're enough that you're worried about the seller you know, basically not getting the household quick enough. I want you to say to the seller, Mr. Seller, listen, I can understand and appreciate why you think the house is worth you know, X when maybe the, the, maybe the market, right? Don't say my CMA. Don't make it an ego thing where the market market might be telling us this. And I appreciate the fact that you have such an incredible backyard and that doesn't necessarily represent, you know, in the comps. I get it. I agree with you. So let's go ahead and list it at the price that you have in mind, but let's be in agreement after two weeks or 10 showings, whichever comes first, that will reposition the house on the market to correctly reflect the market's expectations. That's what we ask you to say versus lower the price. Because that's something, if you say lower the price to a seller, I promise you, you're going to piss them off. All right? You guys get the point? So there's a finesse. There's technique to making all this work. Use the scripts. Like I said before, every single one of you need to be focusing all your best energies every single day on becoming listing agents. You got in this business because you wanted unlimited income. You got in this business because you wanted control and freedom of your schedules. And you wanted, got in this business, most of you, because you wanted to build wealth. Well, the thing is, is the first two things are easier to accomplish. The last one is not the only, and well, I shouldn't say only, but the most assured, easiest way for you to build wealth is becoming a listing agent. Remember, I was giving you guys a brief, brief, brief overview of how to figure out the magic number. Imagine if you have, or imagine when you have consistent income, when you know almost with 100% certainty how much money you'll be making, not just this month, but six months from now. That makes it so you can plan. That makes it so you can plan to save. That makes it so you can plan to invest that makes it so you can build some wealth which is then accomplishing the all three reasons why you got into this real estate so you have the freedom you'll have you know you'll be boss free and you'll have predictable duplicatable income that you can then use to build wealth isn't that the aren't those really the top three reasons you got into this business so let's do let's actually create a business around those three goals listen guys if you ever need us for anything the easiest way to get in contact with us obviously is tim at tim and or at timandjulieharris.com. I am shocked and surprised that there's so many of you who are listening to us on a regular basis that have yet to request a free coaching call. You guys now, some of you are coming out of the woodwork. It's spring. You're listening to us. You're looking for motivation. You're looking for direction. You're looking for guidance. Here it is. 
Request a free coaching call, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Just by requesting your free coaching call, we're also going to give you six free books. My two favorite ones are The Real Estate Treasure Map um, and Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. Think and Grow Rich is you know Napoleon Hill's book. Well, we've got real estate anecdotes throughout the book that you guys will love. Now, here's what happens after that. You will have the opportunity to schedule a coaching call with one of our new member coaches, and they are going to help you with one of the most critical parts of the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is all about your lead generation. You see, guys, this is a closed loop. We are going to get you started with fury. We're going to get you started with energy, motivation, excitement. You've got to just take the action now so we can set you in the right direction for the rest of this year. Make this your best year ever. Why not? The heck are you waiting for? So go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Free coaching calls for agents.com. If you need Julie and I for anything, it's Tim at Tim and Julie Harris.com or Julie at Tim and Julie Harris.com. Guys, listen, thank you for helping us to uh, be the number one podcast for real estate agents. And thank you very much for all the great feedback that we're getting from all of you on Tim and Julie Harris.com. If you've yet to leave your absolutely fantastic, glorious, praiseworthy, um, feedback on iTunes, I'd certainly appreciate that as well. We have a really cool guest this Thursday. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. I'm sorry, we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow, and we're going to give you the top 10 reasons why you didn't take the listing. And again, my goal, Julie's goal, all of our coaches' goal from doing uh, today's and tomorrow's show is so that you learn from the mistakes of others so that you don't have to make those same mistakes, and that will shorten your learning curve and obviously will get you to where you want to go financially faster. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.